This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... If You Smell The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Well, I just finished eating a big old sandwich of my words. Cole, at the end of last week, you and I both, at nauseum, ranted and raved about how we didn't need the great one at WrestleMania this year. We did not <laughs> need The Rock this year at WrestleMania. And then Monday Night Raw decided to just collectively say, hold my beer, and uh, The Rock comes out, and uh, it's a good time. And, it is. And uh, it was fun. It, it, it was, was a rock so moment. It was so well done, too. Yes. I think we need to give them a little bit of credit before we move I mean, props on. to Jinder. Yeah. yeah. They promoted basically all week through social media and other such things that a WWE former champion would be returning on Monday Night Raw. Uh, they... Um, I'm just going to rant for just one second here. I mean, props to Rhea Ripley for carrying a super green, having no idea what the hell she's doing character to a 20-ish minute match on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but this chick that has, I don't know, six days in the wrestling business gets to go 20 minutes with Rhea Ripley on Raw. And my goddamn sister can't get and combined two matches on Raw of six minutes with Rhea Ripley. Fuck you. Fuck everyone. I'm so mad. But anyway, on to The Rock. So perfect. They teased this after Rhea Ripley goes out and puts on a master class of carry, a master class carry job. They announce, you're returning former WWE champion. Weird music that people don't even recognize. That's how bad this is. And so nobody reacts. And then Jinder Mahal. And the fans go, Fuck you. <laughs> and get so mad. But props to Jim Gender Mahal for cutting a solid promo. I think this is if this is a jumping off spot to um him having another run, not as a top guy, but as a nice mid-card heel. I, I think great promo, good start. Um I love that they they kind of teased the racial aspect of the gimmick and the fact that uh you know he's speaking a different language and that pisses people off but he was saying the national anthem uh, this was very well done and as he's ranting and cutting down america all of a sudden if you smell what the rock is cooking and the crowd fucking came unglued like insane came unglued so props to them for handling that way go ahead Oh, yes. It was absolutely fantastic. It was a surprise among surprises. Like, I thought it was a big, genuine swerve, bro. Like, I thought it was going to be a swerve when Ginger came out and someone else yeah. more credible was going to come out, but nobody pegged <laughs> The Rock coming out. Just, it was so random, but also, when wrestling catches you off guard like that, it's a treat yes. among treats. And 
you know, a bombshell among bombshells was dropped after The Rock came out, did his shtick, and like fought gender, hit the people's elbow. He comes out and gets on the mic and says, you know, I'm going to go out and get something to eat. Uh, you know, and when I go out and get something to eat, should I sit at the booth? Should I sit at the bar? Or should The Rock sit at the head of the table? And the place comes yeah. unglued all over again. The Rock lets that simmer because he knows he can because it's the it's it's one of those matches that's like been just out of reach, but now that it's actually on television as a hint drop, everyone's going ape shit. And it's during a time period where like we I still am of the opinion that it's not really necessary yeah, <laughs> right now. Absolutely. But the fact that we're getting it, I am just shitting my pants excited about the the possibilities. And I have kind of a hot take. This might not be happening at WrestleMania. Yeah, there's that. That's an option. I was just going to suggest that. I'm, gra- I'm glad you went there first. Uh, yeah, this could very well be the Elimination Chamber main event. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's a possibility. Per- Perth will be huge, that that match. Oh, that's true. It's in Australia. That, it's in Australia. It's going to so be in a fucking dope-ass... Yeah, and that makes sense. Oh, yes, if that you're makes gonna, sense. If you're going to, like open the floodgates in a whole new continent with a big pay-per-view like this. Take the fucking rock there. <laughs> Absolutely. I I agree. And for that pay-per-view in and of itself, that makes it a huge event. Uh, I mean, the Elimination Chamber is on the road to WrestleMania. So that is, you know, it's kind of a great thing. So, you know, this is good. I don't think Cody winning... The Rumble for the second year in a row is necessarily going to go over well. I, I just feel like it'll be a less than thing. So if we make the Rumble the number one contender and Punk wins and he chooses Seth, that leaves us that leaves us with the Elimination Chamber possibly being the other number one contenders match while Roman is defending the belt against The Rock. I think that would be huge. I think that's a great way to kind of heat Cody back up because you could have him start the Elimination Chamber. And um, I don't think UFC, the guys at Endeavor that own that, are going to have a problem with a sports combat thing having blood. I think this would be a good time to reintroduce uh, blood to WWE. Um, We can have Cody start have him be a bloody mess and still somehow manage to go through everybody in that chamber and uh, walk out of there. The number one contender. I think that heats him right back up. Uh, If Roman beats the rock going into WrestleMania, that would be huge. That heats that up. Yeah. And and you talk about, we have a patched up Cody coming out to face off with Roman. Yeah. I think that we're cooking with gas now. And now we have a huge mania. Yeah, you two t- main events. Yeah, you talk about heating somebody back up and finishing the story. Your second try, you're beating somebody with the credentials of just beating the rock under their belt on top right. of the on top of the monstrous run he's had already. So yes. yeah, the the table and the head of it is definitely set for an angle like that. I think we just did a take it up with creative uh, fortune booking teller this, style. Yeah, booking WrestleMania 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we, but I think we just did it fortune teller style because yeah. if it's done correctly, they're going that way. Dare I say, oh man, you know, I, I don't, I don't think this does any wonders for the current, you know, meal ticket Roman Reigns. But if somehow the promotional tool is for The Rock to beat Roman and Cody beats The Rock, 
That could be interesting too. I I don't think that does Cody as much no. favors as beating Roman after you know a thousand and whatever days he's on right now. Because you're at and risk of the audience turning year, on yeah. you when you're in the ring with The Rock. Oh, for sure, for sure. That too, uh, and that you know that's some nice foreshadowing because that ties into my story for our uh, our our take it up with creative today. You don't want to split the focus, and you're right. If the main event of WrestleMania is The Rock versus Cody, we run into that the fans are going to cheer for The Rock because he's The Rock, and he's not full-time. He's never going to be full-time ever again. He's going to show up once every year or two or three and do a match at Mania. And so absolutely, I think it has to be Roman, especially with the heat of fucking The Rock at the Elimination Chamber. And, like, nobody wants him to beat The Rock. So if we, especially if we do it with some bullshit and fuckery, and I think that would also be a great time to bring some of the, like, it would be a great time to have Offa, you know, if he, you know, he's still around, Rikishi. This would be a great time to involve everyone in the family. And maybe, maybe if you're, uh, there's still plenty of very talented guys in the, actual bloodline not the storyline bloodline that are on the indies right now and that could be introduced at this and then coming out of mania even if roman's gone we have we because we could always turn jay i i wouldn't do it because i think he's really over right now as a baby face but jimmy as the leader Heyman as still there keeping things uh going until uh you know roman can get back i, I there's just so many possibilities with what's going on right now. Like this is the first time in a very, very, very long time that there's like 15 stories that they could tell right now that people would be very interested in. So I'm, I'm here for all of this right now. (laughs) Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, you know, as the ship is uh, sinking, you know, I'm wondering if it's a possibility for someone that I have a lot of faith in, but the hardcore fans are slowly not having faith in kind of gets his crap together and jumps back over to the other side. And when we have that big crowning moment where Seth and Roman fall to Punk and Cody, WrestleMania Monday would be a great time for those SWAT team outfits to be reassembled and come down and ruin the celebration and the Hounds of Justice return. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins with the credentials they have now with a returning Dean Ambrose. Fuck it. Call him John Moxley, but I like Dean Ambrose better. But uh, if that happened, uh, it would be uh, it would be a death nail, uh, you know, in in on the other side, and uh, yeah, that's just yeah, my the, fantasy booking coming to life there. <laughs> the the biggest problem with the AEW right now, it, well, it's not really a problem actually. It's the only thing that they have going positively for them is that they're a private company. They're not a publicly traded company. It's a private business. So nobody knows the details of anything over there as far as contracts go. Nobody knows when anyone's deals are up. Like, we're not even sure when MJF's deal is up, even though in storyline he said it was, you know, January 1st. He was a free agent. They've been putting the bidding war over for a year and a half now. We don't actually know what's going on. We know that they removed his, you know, bio from their their page. So MJF maybe is a free agent, but there's also rumors that he signed, re-signed a long-term deal last year, like when the Bucks and Kenny re-signed. So nobody actually knows what's going on there. Um, <laughs> this WrestleMania season and coming out of WrestleMania could be huge 
I mean, for like the last decade or 15 or 20 years, it's been like, okay, I'll check in at Royal Rumble and then Mania. And then as soon as Mania is over, I'm checking out because they never, they don't have anything interesting going. You no. know? And right now they've got so much going that I'm ready. I can't wait for the Raw after WrestleMania. Exactly. It can't be, it can't be as bad as last year's. <laughs> no. I mean, like last year for sure. But like the pay-per-views, every all yeah. the, the premium live events, all of them were just spectacular. And the, if the road to WrestleMania is this hot and this unpredictable and this fun, uh, yeah, buckle up for a SummerSlam, yeah. boy. Oh, I can't wait. I know. I mean, that's what's insane right now. It's just insane to me that we got this much going on. Like, the only thing I'm kind of concerned about is if they do pull the trigger on Cody, like, who's he going to wrestle? Because all we have is baby faces right now. Nah, man. <laughs> and the nah, bloodline. Man. And I We're, mean, I, I, we, I. We got Gunther primed and ready, buddy. And, right. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know how much you're watching uh, WWE right now, but Cody is doing a fantastical job of getting Shinsuke over. And. I cannot right. believe WWE has has gotten me to like Shinsuke again because it was a sad it was a sad couple years for a Shinsuke fan. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's not hard to get us to like the best wrestler on the planet again. Like, you know, he's yeah. right there in that conversation with Gunther and Brian Danielson and Punk. Mm -hmm. Like, it, all they had to do was just be serious for a minute and yeah. like give him a little push. And I think he's kind of in the Kane spot now, which is fine. He's he's good enough. It, you know, it, it's. You know, we wanted him to be the guy, but I don't. I think that ship has sailed. Making him the opponent for the next guy is not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, in a company that is notorious for not having a credible character like him, period. Right. I'm good with just him being a credible threat to a champion right. going forward. If he's if he's going to be the Hall of Fame Japanese superstar, like to kind of pave the way for future ones coming forward. You know, yeah. good old Takeshka uh, uh, is a future star. I think if if he oh, gets uh, sure. if he gets a uh, you know uh, well, reeled in and uh, goes to a performance center. I think we're primed right now for Okada to have uh, a, a run in America, and um, I we know that uh, Triple H, since he's in charge again, finally we've finally got the the Japan working relationship with NXT. It's it's all Japan, not New Japan, which is you know, somewhat of a letdown because All Japan has kind of been a dead promotion for the last 15, 20, 30 years, um, whereas All Japan was the top promotion in the 80s and, and somewhat into the 90s. New Japan, you know, took a stranglehold. But, I mean, All Japan's been kind of obsolete for, you know, in this century. So if we're going to give them a little rub, um, I mean, it, it's just the business. There's so many opportunities in the business right now. So I, that's a good thing. I really hope AEW does get their shit together and starts heading in a better direction because, like, we just – we need it to happen. We need options. We need for, – for the wrestler's sake, um, I, I think WWE is in a spot where if everything else disappeared, we'd be okay as fans. But for the wrestler's sake, so that they have bidding wars, they have options. Because I, I – as much as, as Endeavor is going to stay out of the creative of – WWE, they're a business and they're a multi-billion dollar business who's going to want them to cut budget, period. Like, that's just the way it is. They want to put more money in their pockets because they're greedy prick fucking billionaires. But, uh, you know, we need to have other options like AEW and New Japan. And if All Japan can come up and be a power again, uh, I think it's just better for the business. Yeah, absolutely. Competition uh, inspires creativity. You know, uh, 
uh, WWE got stale when they had no competition sure. and uh, got better again when there's competition. And now we like to disguise it and say it's not really competition, and in a lot right. of ways that's true. But you know, as long as there's a viable billionaire over there pr- promoting wrestling, you got to bring your A game. And WWE has been bringing their A game and and producing great content and letting the wrestlers have their freedom. But we're going to rewind it back to when that really wasn't the case, Cole. Right. Uh, and uh, it really, it really, you know, kicked off the uh, Punk leaving the company. And you know, it Punk really shook things up this year. And uh, yeah. really, really made this road to WrestleMania a lot more interesting than it already was. And, you know, it could have been the case back in 2014 when he left because we didn't get CM Punk at WrestleMania 30. And since CM Punk is so in the news nowadays, we are going to take it up with creative and book CM Punk's road to WrestleMania 30. If he would have stayed, how would we have gotten there? And uh, it's already been leaked on what the plans were, but uh, that's not our plans, brother. So that's not going to work for me. So uh, I'm definitely not going the direction where they were going, which was just a random grudge match between CM Punk and Triple H. Um, what we ended up getting, and we touched on this last week, Cole, is that it, you can't really take it up with creative with WrestleMania 30 because it's a perfect show. It went exactly how you wanted it for, and the outcome you wanted for the person that you wanted to come out on top. It was... The underdog story of all underdog stories. It was Rocky one and two in one pay per view, yeah. and uh, it's perfect. But had Punk stayed, could it be better? We'll find out today. Yeah, I, I think it definitely could have been better. And um, but today I did a deep dive into uh, some backstory here because I think what's important here is to understand that. Yeah, Punk used the excuse to take time off after the Royal Rumble. Um, And now that you mentioned the Triple H plan, it makes sense uh, because the the way we got there, and I'll get into it. um, Punk was dis, you know, disgruntled really at this point. Understatement. Yeah, he wanted to main event WrestleMania. Um, He claimed... And I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying the story is he had been wrestling with a staph infection for three or four months, which doesn't really jive to me because if you have a staph infection for four months, you're a dead person. So, like, I feel like, you know, that might be a little bit exaggerated. But um, so he took time off after the Royal Rumble, clearly because he didn't like the creative direction it was going uh, but we're going to get into this. And I, after I read through, I'm just going to kind of bullet point CM Punk's WWE career. And then I have a question for you after we get there. Sure. So, so June 24th, 2006, CM Punk makes his debut in WWE CW, which we've been talking about recently. So that's a good place to start. Uh, they established his straight edge lifestyle as you know, and that gimmick. Uh, and they gave him a good winning streak to start. He went all the way from June to January before he got his first official singles loss in a match. Um, however, pretty quickly, September 4th, 2007, they're going to have an ECW championship. And, uh, nope, sorry. we Yeah, so they did the Elimination Chamber to, you know, crown the first champion. Punk was the first one eliminated. We all thought he was going to win the gauntlet. So already, that was like the first shit-disturbing moment in Punk's career. However, September 4th, 2007, he did finally win the ECW title. 
He held that belt for 143 days where he lost it to Chavo Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is a thing that happened. <laughs> and this is the first time in my life that I was aware of the fact that Chavo Guerrero won, won a world championship in big time quotes because the ECW title was completely meaningless. But anyway, um, WrestleMania 24, CM Punk wins the money in the bank for the first time. And then on June 23rd, 2008, drafted to Raw. And on that night, he cashed in the, the uh, money in the bank, beat Edge, became the world heavyweight champion for the first time. So, uh... You know, two years in, Punk has already won two world championships, so to speak. Uh, but then, you know, June to September, attacked by Legacy, Randy Orton punted Punk, or punted Punk, so he was lost the belt without actually competing in the match. Uh, it was like a, a six-man scramble. It was a big clusterfuck match. Punk was unable to make it out there, so he didn't. Uh, he lost the belt without losing it. So I don't know if they were protecting him so much, but. Um, then they came back in October and had him win the tag titles with Kofi Kingston. So um, this feels like, yeah, they put the punk, the title on Punk, but Vince didn't really buy into it. So they they uh, went a different direction. Uh, it, but rolling right along in January 17, 2009, he beats William Regal for the Intercontinental title. Uh, and, and at this point, he became the 19th triple crown winner in WWE history and it was the fastest anyone had achieved that beating Kevin Nash's old record of 209 days so I mean that so they're giving him a push they're putting belts on him he's collecting titles but maybe not the titles he wants but uh for that intercontinental title reign that leads us to WrestleMania 25 where he became the first person to win the money in a bank twice and back-to-back years so it was great uh, and then ultimate heel move, Jeff Hardy wins the World Heavyweight Championship in a ladder match on June 7th, and he cashes in on Jeff Hardy, uh, which is a, just a great move. I love it. Jeff Hardy should never be the world champion, but, you know, he, he had that one run. The fans got really behind him. Um, he had one good run where I did I wasn't totally offended by the fact that he was a champion, especially since Punk screwed him out of the belt right away. Uh, but then, you know, Jeff would come back to win it a month later. And then um, uh, June, yeah, June, July. Yeah, they, they traded the belt. August, Punk wins the title back from Jeff. So now Punk has held all three world titles in under the WWE umbrella at this point. Um uh, big news, you know, September 13th, he beats The Undertaker in a submission match. Now, this was a fucked finish. Undertaker had tapped Punk out, and then, uh, you know, they uh, Teddy Long came out and said, you know, Vicky Guerrero had banned that move that The Undertaker used, so he can't win the match with it, so we're going to restart it. And then they did kind of a Montreal screw job type finish where they sent a ref out there, and Undertaker didn't tap, but they stopped the match. But anyway, Punk is, you know, beating The Undertaker by submission is a huge... Uh, you know, feather in the cap there. Uh, and and uh, he lost in October. He would go on to lose a Hell in a Cell match to the Undertaker and lose the belt, which led us to the Straight Edge Society, which you know is a nice kind of mid card whatever heel group. Fine. Uh, that was 2009, 2010, 2010, 2011. We get the new Nexus, which, you know, uh, things have gone a little bit astray for Punk at this point. I understand why he was frustrated 
which led us to June 27th, 2011. This is the famous Pipe Bomb promo where he announced that on July 17th, that was the last day of his contract where he had a match against John Cena for the World Heavyweight Championship. And he beats John Cena to the shock and awe of everyone. Goes on at Ring of Honor with the WWE Championship. Uh, does you know this was I got it? We got to tip the cap to Vince here for allowing this to happen and let people believe that this was real and not just a storyline. Um, but obviously he had re-signed with the company before he won the belt. Um. He held that title for 434 days. So Punk had not only just a world heavyweight title run, but like a historic, you know, the probably, I think at this point, it's the second longest title run of this century. Yeah, we weren't uh, talking about title reigns. Yeah, we weren't talking about title reign days at all at this point until this Punk reign started happening. It, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like the, once it got to like 400, and you know that's peanuts compared to where we're at with Roman now. But still, it, it was it was still like a crazy, you know, just a thing that they would like kind of brag about on TV every week. So this title reign ended, however, when The Rock decided he was coming back to professional wrestling, and so I mean to to be fair. Wrestling The Rock in the main event of the Royal Rumble is not exactly a shit fucking proposition here. But The Rock does win the World Heavyweight title at the Royal Rumble and then beats Punk again the next month leading into WrestleMania. This being WrestleMania 29, where Punk faced The Undertaker. So, like, again, uh, you know, it's not the main event of WrestleMania, but it's kind of the main event of WrestleMania when you're wrestling The Undertaker when the streak is in full fucking, you know... So, after that, we got Punk versus Lesnar at SummerSlam, followed by a little feud with kind of Paul Heyman. You know, he's not a Heyman guy anymore. Uh, then we had a f- nice feud with the Wyatt family. Brian Danielson joined, well, Daniel Bryan, because we're in WWE Universe, uh, joined Punk in this feud against the Wyatt family. Then at Royal Rumble, we have Kane, who had already been eliminated, eliminating Punk, which at the time Kane was uh corporate Kane involved with Triple H and everything. So this makes a like it makes a little more sense uh that they were setting up for him and Triple H at WrestleMania, not him and Kane at WrestleMania. <laughs> but uh nonetheless, um this was not this was a that doesn't work for me brother moment. And after this Royal Rumble, CM Punk took time off uh and was later fired on his wedding day. So that's where we ended. We didn't make it to WrestleMania 30 for CM Punk, but we were right on the freaking doorstep. Um, You know, we were kicking off WrestleMania season. They had somewhere to go with Punk, but he took his ball and went home. Um, So my question before I give the WrestleMania card, uh, just to add context to everything we're doing, does Punk really have a gripe here based on that push and that run that he had in WWE? Like, on paper... This is an all-time great run. He's a multi-time world heavyweight champion. He beats Regal for an Intercontinental title. You know, he's the the fastest Triple Crown winner of all time. Like, does he really have a gripe here? Or is this just, like, reality check, bud? You can't just be the top guy forever. It depends on how you look at it. There's a reason why he's the most polarizing guy going today. Is because if if you are a guy who's hungry and wants a push like that, you are looking at it that way. Like, this guy had the push of all pushes, and because you didn't headline WrestleMania 
and you didn't like the creative that year, you just bounced. But you know, it's it's not just that. You know, they, he's probably not in a good place mentally. You can go listen to that Cole Cabana thing. Like that is not a guy that's in a good place at that time. Um, the way he explains his his last couple years there, uh, you know, uh, the the long reign, and you know, you can speak to this because you know you 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 scream from the rooftops that Brock Lesnar shouldn't have beat the Undertaker and ended the streak because he didn't need it. Uh, you know, for Punk to have a reign like that, only for it to end by The Rock, that did nothing for nobody. You know, it, it, he could have, you could have made the next guy with that, and you know, it was just bullshit creative just to get The Rock, uh, main eventing WrestleMania again, uh, with a match where you build it last year as one time ever, like that John Cena and The Rock was billed for the first time ever as like the first time and last time. And then the next very next year they had it again with the title on the line. It just right. it didn't need it didn't need it. This this was like Punk's year and it it was like, you know, the rug was swept up from under him and creatively and personal professionally, if you're gonna be in Punk's shoes, God, that would fucking infuriate me. Uh right. so I do understand that, but I also understand like, you know, like the Seth Rollins point of view. I would have killed to had your run, you know. Right. And then just For sure. You know, so that there it, it there's something that could be said to both sides, and it's just it's it's crazy that everything's patched up and we're on the road that we're on now. But uh, you know, yeah, Punk had a fantastic uh, run and uh, a lot of ups and downs. But when the ups started after the summer of Punk, and he kind of like shoehorned yeah. his way into the top spot and kind of ran with that, it, we were off to the races. But you know, just for some reason, you know he. He kind of has that Bret Hart mind where he just takes himself a little, a little serious, yeah. a little more serious than the rest, and he just thought he deserved that year, that main event spot of WrestleMania, yeah, and he didn't and, get it. And, yeah, and he, and he definitely. I mean, when you're the champion for that long, you have to feel like you've finally earned that spot. Like when you have that run and you don't get a WrestleMania main event, like I understand where he's coming from, and I don't think he's totally wrong uh in that case so i think what we're trying to do today is to pacify that and to find a way to keep him happy and let him know that there is a wrestlemania main event coming in your future however wrestlemania 30 the yes movement was in coming up in full force so it's going to be really hard here with this card Opening the show, match number one, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. M for my money, my favorite Triple H match of all time. Great match. Then we had The Shield taking on Kane in the New Age Outlaws, which is a nice, uh, you know, like uh, future versus uh, nostalgia type thing. We had Cesaro versus The Big Show. Uh, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt for the first time. Uh, and then we had, of course, the streak ending, Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Uh, there was a woman's clusterfuck match that AJ Lee won, which is cute. And then the main event, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Randy Orton. Brian Danielson beats the entire, uh, well, what's left of the uh, group that is not coming to my mind. Evolution, Evolution. is the name yes. of that group. Yeah, he beats Evolution in one night and wins the World Heavyweight Championship, and it's a perfect storyline. It's a perfect moment. And when you mentioned and Cesaro and Big Show earlier, that was when Cesaro won the Andre, the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal with a body slam to Big Show over the top yeah. rope, right? Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I don't think it was a one-on-one -on -one match. 
Uh, well, you know, when you use Wikipedia as a source, sometimes things like that happen. So that very well could be uh, the inaugural Andre the Giant, and those were the final two. So uh, that could be, and somebody edit, did some editing and uh, put things in there incorrectly. So Ron's just a big is. fat nerd. Yeah. Just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you're probably right. Probably. <laughs> so um, now we're tasked with what do we do with CM Punk in this card? Do we put him as the world champion in the main event again to lose to Brian? What do we do? How do we get there? Uh, would that have got punk would that have pacified punk um tons of questions here uh i'm gonna let you kick this one off because i feel like there's a much higher likelihood that you're going where people want you to go than i am <laughs> yeah probably and i and i made a big hint drop at it last week and uh you know you know just because i kind of alluded to my destination doesn't mean you're going to really know what the journey is going to be. And the journey is going to be absolutely tasty. And for my money, something that I would have loved to, like, love-hate uh, watching as a fan at the time. So this would be quite something for me. So at Royal Rumble 2014, you know, I felt like the big Batista return was spoiled because they didn't put Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble. Uh, Leo Batista's coming back with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy promotion. It's supposed to be a big, fun thing. And it just got shat all over when they went with him instead of Brian. And not only went with him, but Dima put Brian in the Rumble. So I'm correcting that by making a showcase for Batista to come in and go after the world title, because that would be something that you cheer for. So, but the match in question, since it's a cold match anyway, it's going to be Batista versus John Cena versus Randy Orton versus CM Punk. That's right. I'm not putting Punk in the Rumble. I'm putting him in the title picture. And it's going to be an uphill battle because it's Punk, like, you know, the first the first crowned guy of, like, the new generation going after, like, the three pillars of the Ruthless Aggression era. And he somehow wins, much to the chagrin of the Authority at the time. The Authority is kind of pissed. So Punk overcomes and wins. Authority is pissed. Evolution reunion is spoiled. And, uh, you know... Daniel Bryan is in the Royal Rumble, and I'm putting him number one because the authority would do that to him. And yeah. he goes through the whole freaking shebang. And, uh, you know, there's a point in time where the 30th entrance countdown ends, but nobody comes out. The match continues until Daniel Bryan prevails and eliminates the last competitor in the ring. The crowd goes apeshit, but there's no bell, no announcement, just a small gap of silence until... Time to play the game. Well, yes, we got Triple H music hit. Triple H ends up being a delayed 30th entrant into the Royal Rumble. I think they actually went with the storyline like two years later against Roman, but we're doing it for Daniel this year. And uh, he comes out slowly, casually walking to the ring. Daniel Bryan is worn out from going that whole distance in the Rumble. And as Triple H stands on the apron and stares at Bryan, a hooded figure comes in, turns Bryan around, puts him on his shoulders and gives him a go to sleep and he Whoa. removes the hood and it is indeed CM Punk Triple H casually enters the ring him and CM Punk share a smirk and Triple H dumps Daniel Bryan over the top rope with very minimal effort without breaking a sweat and we go off the air with Triple H as the winner of the 2014 Royal Rumble and CM Punk standing next to him with both titles around his shoulders and everyone this is kind of like the uh 
the good version of the ending of WrestleMania 17 to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you have in mind, and what do you have any thoughts on this uh, big old twist of CM Punk and Triple H joining forces? No, I love it. It's tremendous. I love the authority figure giving himself number thirty in the Royal Rumble, waiting until the work is done to finally surprise entry. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I love heat. So I'm right there with you. I think this makes Punk uh, a full heel. I don't think, I mean, even at, at, at that time, I don't think people are going to be cheering for Punk. They probably cheered when he won the belt, right? Uh, yeah. But he, they're not going to be cheering when they when he helps Triple H end the Yes movement. You know, I th that is a, I think that's the only way this works. In all honesty, because uh, yeah. I, I went a different route because uh, simply for the fact that Brian was so hot and so over that if we put him in there with Punk, it's going to split the audience a little bit and and devalue him winning the belt. Correct. And I think you found a way to work around that. Correct. And make this work. Yes. Uh, that definitely makes Punk happy. And then that makes all the fans in the entire, you know, internet wrestling community happy because we're getting punk and brian danielson in the main event of wrestlemania <laughs> exactly and there's no risk of a crowd split because you know no. you know the summer of punk was 2011 and we had a great run with that yeah the big long run and then you know he loses the title in 2013 and then you know it wasn't stale punk was still punk like he was yeah. teflon but like the creative was getting weird you know the the ryback feud happened right and then well it was and, yeah it's definitely a time for him to go away for a while like that's not, been, that's the biggest problem with wwe right now is that there you know when there's not another place for people to go like that's the reason that the territory survived for so many years and did so well was once abdullah the butcher came in and ran through everyone and then lost he would disappear for two years because he could just go do another six month run in a different territory where he killed everyone and then lost to the top babyface. So like now we have these guys like after two or three or you know maybe five years if you're really hot. Like Hogan was really hot for a five year run. Austin was really hot for like a four or five year run. Like after that, the fans are kind of like ready to see you go away. That's kind of the reason Ric Flair ended up being kind of a jobber through most of the 90s because, like, once you've been the tippy-top guy, if you stick around after that, you just can't be that guy forever. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you either need to go on Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, you either need to go away or you need to make a change. And for my money, yeah. I think this is when Punk needed a change. And the next night on Raw, we have the big explanation. Stephanie McMahon is in the ring, and she introduces the winner of the Royal Rumble, her husband, Triple H. Triple H comes out and gloats and proudly introduces the new world heavyweight champion, CM Punk, who comes out in a suit and tie, bitch. Yes, let's let's turn up the heat just a little bit more. It's not the same old Chicago-made Punk coming out there. He's, he's in a suit and tie covering them tattoos up, and it's just Punk coming out there. He enters the ring and kisses Stephanie McMahon on the hand. And hugs Triple H, and the boos are filling the arena hard. After CM Punk gloats about being the best in the world and paving the way for wrestlers like Brian to even have a job here, he's not ready for WrestleMania. 
because yeah. he is indeed a B plus player. And that is just sacrilege coming from Punk because he went through the same struggles. We're almost doing Kofi Mania for for, yeah. for Brian at this point. Because Brian did the same thing for Kofi, the freaking hypocritical B plus player skit that happened to him in previous years. So yes. Randy Orton and Batista come out and interrupt this little party and it's quite obvious that they had no idea that this plan was even a thing. They're basically saying, hey, how are you in the Rumble, and how are you going to WrestleMania? Where does that leave us? What the fuck? Blah, 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 blah. So Triple H says, hey, my goal was to make sure that Daniel Bryan didn't go to WrestleMania. I'm not going to WrestleMania. So at the Elimination Chamber, we're going to have a match for my spot in the main event of WrestleMania, and the winner is going to face the best in the world, CM Punk, in the main event at WrestleMania 30. And it's going to be, the may the best man win. And, you know, this is where we get the Occupy Raw segment. And it's not to get a match with him at Triple... Uh, it's not to get a match with uh, Triple H at WrestleMania to open the show. Right. It's to get a spot in the in the Elimination Chamber. And he gets a spot in the Elimination Chamber, but he's going to be the first guy in. <laughs> and that's just some, that's just an extra little thing that Triple H is going to do to Brian... To Brian. Yeah, I'll put you in the match, but you're going to be the first one in. And this is where we get the big prevailing moment with Daniel Bryan winning this chamber match. And we actually have a solidified booked main event of tri of Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 30. And the promos leading up to it could be great. You know, because, like, mind you, this is this is one year before the rise of the independent scene in WWE. Yeah. This is right. Oh, for sure. This is way. This is one year before like the black and gold brand really kicked off, and Triple H really set the wrestling world on fire with like indie independent matches on television. Like yeah. it, it felt like, and what a way to just kind of break the champagne bottle on a on a ship with a main event of these two, basically the two pillars of the Ring of Honor indie circuit era just be, just before you know just before they got into the company so i think this would just be a great next chapter ending uh wrestlemania 30 the third decade of wrestlemania is going to be headlined by these two these two stars who are just the antithesis of uh of a wwe star brother it's yeah. almost like a decade later from the schmenwa eddie guerrero ending it's the same yeah, shit, absolutely. but 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 actually, but actually, it's against each other in this regard, and and there's heat involved, and we go home the same way. Daniel Bryan beats CM Punk, hugs Connor, raises the two titles. You know, uh, CM Punk has alluded to the fact that he never needed to win in the main event at WrestleMania. He just right. deserved the spot. He deserved. Yeah, it, that, that's where he should have lost the belt. Yes. He, and if he main evented WrestleMania against The Rock, cool. Yeah. He would have been fine with that. He, it would have pacified him. It would have been great. Uh, maybe if he, you know, even if he, he lost at 29 to, you know, Orton or whoever, it's still, he deserved to carry that belt to the main event of WrestleMania. You know, Punk versus Cena in WrestleMania is big time. Punk versus whoever at WrestleMania is big time. But. The Rock, it's one of those things where The Rock absolutely did not need that title in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Uh, we knew it, you know, there was no payoff for it other than him losing it at WrestleMania. Like, it's just no reason for it, not necessary, and uh, just unfortunate that it, it ended up leading to Punk leaving. 
Um, but like, like, you know, we said it was kind of time for him to go away <laughs> or, you know, or, or, or there's only so many times, even if you do it every three years <coughs> to turn, to turn a guy heel, turn a guy baby face, it means less each time. And it's going to be less over each time. And it's just, it's unfortunately the nature of just the world let alone the business like app there's only once you lose it's over like i'm sorry but you know once you've lost once you're the world champion once you've lost it the second time means less that you know everything means less the second third fourth fifth time around so um i i'm kind of okay with the way things worked out because look what it's led to you know he's been gone for 10 years he had the little run at AEW to to wet our appetites so but that said, I think this you have written the only story that would have made this over and not taken away from Brian. Like this is literally the only thing. That, that was the biggest goal in writing this. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. has to end the same way and mean just as much. And and so I'm going to give you big credit because I could not think of a way to. Well, I mean, it didn't pop into my mind. <laughs> of a way to have punk be in this main event without shitting on Brian. So, and plus I fell down a rabbit hole when I, when I wrote this, cause like, in, like a little sidebar, like I was like, Hey, and the table is set for the opening match to be the implosion of evolution, triple threat match. We got triple H Batista and Randy Orton settling it once and for all. We can even throw, we can even throw Ric Flair in there to referee it. Right. <laughs> Uh, but that that was just a side thing. But yeah, that's how I ended it. Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk. Daniel Bryan wins, and I'm excited yes. to see where you went because uh, you've already said that you didn't go where I ended. So I'm intrigued to see where you went. Yes, I couldn't get there. Um, I'm basically going to leave everything exactly the way it was as far as Kane being the one to eliminate punk. But I'm going to use that as a setup. I'm going to go back in time a little bit. I'm never turning punk into a babyface. I'm never getting him away from Heyman. So I'm keeping Brock and punk together. I'm going back to like SummerSlam and I'm going to pitch punk on this and probably about Survivor Series where we've reached the point where <coughs> The yes movement is undeniable, right? So we're months away. I know that Punk is still pissed about missing out on that main event. So I'm going to have a sit down with Punk and let him know. You're getting a main event at WrestleMania. Uh, you deserve it. You've earned it. We're, you know, sorry about The Rock, but I mean, listen, bud. He's the rock. You know, I like you're still on the way up. I still think we've got somewhere to go with you. Um, and it's going to end in you in a main event at WrestleMania. Just not WrestleMania 30. Because the yes movement is undeniable. Brian is the guy right now. He needs WrestleMania 30. We're going with him at WrestleMania 30. We don't want to take away from what he's doing right now. And you're very popular. And if we put them, put you and Brian in, in WrestleMania 30 in the main event, it's going to split the audience, and we don't want to do that. However, what I can give you 
is the main event of WrestleMania 31 against Brian. So that's the payoff. That's where we're going. I'm <laughs> I'm not only booking WrestleMania 30, but I'm booking WrestleMania 31 with Punk, and I'm giving him a year and a half to, to tell him what we're going to do. So at the Royal Rumble, we're still going to have Kane eliminate Punk. However, since he's involved with Heyman still, and yeah, Kane's involved with Triple H, but obviously since he tagged with the New Age Outlaws at WrestleMania, he did not stay heel for very long. So we're going to um we're going to have that moment instead of Punk feuding with Triple H, him and Brock are going to destroy Kane on Monday Night Raw. Uh away from the corporation and all of that to get payback. The following week is going to get a response from Kane's brother, The Undertaker. So we're bringing The Undertaker in well before WrestleMania. That's going to set us up for a tag match at the Elimination Chamber with Brock and CM Punk taking on Kane and The Undertaker. Where we're gonna the finish of this match is going to happen when Brock Lesnar F5s Kane through the announce table, leaving Punk and Undertaker alone in the ring. We're going to get a go to sleep on the Undertaker and pinned one, two, three in the middle of the ring by CM Punk. Which is going to lead us to WrestleMania 30. The Undertaker taking on CM Punk, not Brock Lesnar where we are going to have CM Punk be the man to end the streak 21 and 1 uh and that's going to kick off a year of Punk being able to brag about ending the streak brag about his partner Brock Lesnar brag about Heyman and make his claim that he is in fact the number 1 guy in WWE beating the Undertaker. the best in the world yeah the best in the world and beating the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania is more important, in fact, than winning the WWE title because nobody's beaten the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's the only man, person man enough to do it. And that leads us down the rabbit hole of the whole year of Punk being a dominant force and Brian being, you know, the the white meat babyface champion that beats everyone against all odds. You know, he we're going to have him beat Brock Lesnar. We're going to have like we're doing this for a whole year building up to 31. Neither of them is going to lose a match between, you know, Royal Rumble for WrestleMania 30 and the final showdown head to head at WrestleMania 31. So that's my pitch to Punk. I know this is not a super in-depth, very long twist and turn, you know, operation, but that's what I'm trying to pitch to Punk. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, I, in, I, heard, I know where you're hind, going. In hindsight, yeah. <laughs> we know for a fact that Brian Danielson is going to be out of wrestling within a couple of months uh, after winning the belt. However, I do believe he made it back. Did he? Didn't he? Did make it back for the Royal he Rumble? He did. He opened. He opened. He opened WrestleMania 31 with uh, a uh, ladder match for the Intercontinental Title because that's right. what you do with the concussed uh, history. Person. Yeah, correct. So obviously, we'd take some twists and turns. Um, since Danielson did get injured, we'd have to 
uh, evolved this story that we're telling. Um, but since we, since Brian's never going to lose the belt, he's just injured, and so we have to strip him of the title. Um, when he gets back, we reheat up the yes movement, and we have him chasing for the belt. So I I know this was about booking Punk at WrestleMania 30, but I just feel like that was too that that it, we just couldn't do it at WrestleMania 30. So the hard part for me is deciding now that Brian got injured and we know he's going to be coming back. Who's the champion at WrestleMania 31? And and I think once Brian loses it, we have to put the belt on Punk because we've been giving him this monster push. He beat The Undertaker. He ended the streak. He did all this. So Punk has to be the champion. So at the Royal Rumble leading into WrestleMania 31, we fix one of the just hugest ball drops of all time. Not only did Brian not win the Royal Rumble, the you know when we all needed it to happen, uh. You know, I, I was he even was he even in the Rumble that year, or was the Batista year the one where they didn't put him in? Fourteen was the one we didn't put him in, and they booed Rey Mysterio. Even fifteen right. is where they gave him a nothing elimination. And yeah, then in they the just, middle. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then everyone okay, just like simmered on that. Right. So yeah, they just not only did he not win the Royal Rumble the year after Perfection, so that he could return to main event WrestleMania, uh, he just got eliminated in the middle, like just bullshit. You know, and the crowd from that point on was just done. Like, they were just done, and it sucked. So I get to fix that wrong as well, where Brian comes back from injury. He's going to win the Royal Rumble, and now we have three months to build up to the just wet dream WrestleMania main event for all the internet wrestling fans, all the smart fans. We've got promos just oh, I think these promos could be so good. I mean, they could just be so so good between Brian and Punk leading into WrestleMania 31. So that's where I'm heading with the with Punk at WrestleMania 30 as a means to get him his WrestleMania main event uh, the following year, kicking it off with ending the streak against the Undertaker. So because the hard part, the big the the hardest thing about Brian beating Triple H and Orton and Batista the same night to win the title. Where do we go next? Who the fuck is Brian going to wrestle? They went to Kane that? next. Yeah, they went to Kane, which which is the go-to for all those years for the first title defense for every single babyface champion that ever existed. Your first title defense is against Kane, who we all know is not a threat to win the belt. <laughs> so that's... That's where I'm going. I'm I've I wrote an 18 month arc and those are the big, you know, stopping points along the way. You know, Punk beats the Undertaker, goes on a completely dominant run. We don't the the Danielson injury doesn't stop the momentum uh and we don't just pretend it never happened and and that we didn't just tell this glorious storyline when he comes back and we actually finish the story and give him another chance. I don't even know who I would put over at WrestleMania 31. I'd probably go Danielson because it's me and it's Dan, you know, Brian is the best in the world, in my opinion. And uh, for the last, at least last 15 years, he's the best wrestler on the planet. I think his, uh, 
if you put his credentials up against anyone, he comes out on top in this century. Uh, so that's where I would go. Um, what say ye? <laughs> that is that is certainly awesome. Like you know, it's a take it a creative equivalent of asking you what time it is, and then you tell me how to make a watch uh, <laughs> yes. because you definitely overshot <laughs> and gave us another year. But hey, since we're here, yeah. you know, because a big a big gripe was that this is the time period where they were shoving Roman Reigns down our throat, and he Correct. was not ready. And you know, you can honestly fix the next three WrestleManias. With you know a combination of the two angles, you know I you know I would I love the idea of Punk uh, beating the Undertaker streak because it serves multiple masters. It's it's a guy with credentials and it's a guy that you can make with it because he's right. new enough. Yeah, to that's make that. that's the big thing. And so there's that, and then yeah, Daniel Bryan still beats all of Evolution, most of Evolution, and WrestleMania 30, and goes on to that. He can still get injured, and we can still fix it if Punk's around, because Punk can go on to the big dominant Brock Lesnar-type run, even make him eat Cena at SummerSlam that year. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, go to sleep immediately. Like, not, like, eat him for, like, 20 minutes straight the way Brock Lesnar did. Just freaking yeah, go yeah. to sleep and go home. Like a two, yeah. like like a short match. Anyway, but then go all the way to WrestleMania 31. You know, at WrestleMania 31, Brock Lesnar was the champion with Paul Heyman in his corner. And with Punk and Brock, that writes itself. You can make yeah. event WrestleMania 31 with Brock Lesnar and Punk, and it would make total fucking sense. And then yeah. WrestleMania 32 was the big Dallas one where they got over 100,000 legit, and it was just a fart in church WrestleMania, just a lackluster card. <laughs> yeah. We could have gone all the way to that monumental card, what it should have been for Daniel Bryan and Punk. Have Punk do another long reign as a fucking heel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Daniel Bryan beats that guy in Dallas uh, in front of 100,000 people instead of Triple H versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. And uh yeah, and then then for me you just make Roman with the Undertaker win even though that's a terrible match in itself. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say that match was was terrible. Just the um, botches at the end kind of ruined it. Well, I mean, a little miscommunication it it did it didn't ruin it for me, but after the Undertaker had had you know, unfortunately the match with Brock we never, we, we'll never know what it could have been if he hadn't got a concussion, you know, a couple minutes into the match. Uh, but the follow-up match wasn't great either. No. Like, it was okay. And then he had had a couple matches that had gone awry. And at that point when he wrestled Roman, I feel like everyone was just hoping he wouldn't embarrass himself. And yeah. I don't think he did. I think the match was fine. Obviously, the little mis miscues at the end didn't do it any favors, but it didn't kill it for me. It wasn't like an, oh, man, this guy shouldn't be in the ring anymore type match. It just, yeah. as the closing the show, it's not what you want in a WrestleMania main event, except for the fact that The Undertaker did lay down his boots and his gloves and, you know, uh, should have walked away gracefully. Um, but it's wrestling, and we all know how hard it is to walk away. It is wrestling, and if it is wrestling, and if anything we know about wrestling, it's always fun to go back and nitpick and recreate uh, moments and uh, talk about what could have been. And I think we did a fine job of discussing what could have been if Punk stayed. I think this would have been a great, you know, launching pad for his next chapter in the company. Uh, we are in January, Cole. 
And it, this is a great time to talk about what we're going to be doing the next couple of weeks because it is Royal Rumble season, ladies and gentlemen. And this was an idea that I wanted to do last year, but uh, due to participants that we can't talk about and just not enough people, uh, now we can do that. Uh, because now there's two Royal Rumbles a year, and now we can have the bracket for Royal Rumble winners, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to have a stout bracket. Uh, and it's one of those fun things that we love to do. And I didn't say it was our favorite thing to do this time. But it's one of those fun <laughs> things we love to do because it is just a festival of talking trash. Because there's no integrity in these brackets whatsoever. But, uh, you know, it's going to be another one of those themes where, like, you know, if you look at the winners of the Royal Rumbles, not not, not a bad name in the bunch. You know, no. last year we did a sabotage draft for the Royal, for Royal Rumble participants. Now yes. we're going with the Royal Rumble winners, ladies and gentlemen. And this is uh, going to be a roster of names that I can't wait to talk about. What say ye? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously the Royal Rumble winner every year uh, has gone on to main event WrestleMania. So... It's really, there's not any holes in this list. Like, you know, some might say there's a couple weaker ones, like maybe Alberto Del Rio isn't going to go. I, I don't think he's getting out of the first round, but you never know with this group of people. <laughs> he could be in the final four for all I know. <laughs> but <it's, coughs> it will be, it is fun to have a bracket where we're going to be. Uh, having intergender matches, so to speak, uh, it, because we're going to have to include the women winners to get to 32 entities here to do a full bracket, which is awesome. Um, and good on you to, to do the research to come up with the fact that there are, in fact, 32. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, because, yeah, due to participants we can't talk about and people winning multiple fucking times, I couldn't get 32 <laughs> people. Stone cold with your three wins. But uh, yeah, so I'm very excited. I love brackets. Um, I, I if I'm really breaking this down, I think brackets are my favorite of the things we do. Uh, you know, the fantasy drafts are fun for me. Obviously, the booking's great. But they the haven't brackets, been lately, have they? No. Well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it all, all of these, the brackets, the, the that's the fun part about either the drafts or the brackets. Once we have a judge, it's you know, uh, wrestling is subjective. So anything I, you can know, happen. That's, yeah, that's one of the things I've come to realize in my later age. Uh, my opinion of professional wrestling is not the right one. It's just mine. And <laughs> wrestling is performance art and therefore is subjective, much like music or, or any other kind of art and performance. So, um, you know, some guys like Japanese wrestling. It's their thing. Some guys love uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin's Hulk Hogan's of the world. And, you know, some people really like the the comedy, silly stuff. Some people love hardcore. Like, so it, it's, and some people love, uh, you know, the independent wrestling. And the guys like Brian and Punk and, and, and Joe and all those guys that set the indies on fire. So it really is a subjective thing. And depending on who the guest is, these things can go anyway. So I'm not mad about your recent run of success on our drafts, but yeah, the brackets are my favorite because it's, the, I think it leads to the most debate because all three of us, uh, you know, whoever our judges are polling for something and, uh, you know, we, with the Darso's, it makes it a lot of fun. So I'm really, and nobody knows it. they're pulling for something until they play. <laughs> That's true. 
And I'm looking forward to 2024 being a year where we come up with so many subgenre brackets that we can talk about, <laughs> so many names and names that we don't normally talk about. I can't wait for the occupational gimmick bracket. That's going to be my favorite. I'll come up with 32. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> we'll find it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we'll find it. And, uh, boy, I, I'm going to ramble more. Uh, this was a great episode, Cole. Take it up with creative is one of my favorite things to do because – uh, after a lifetime of uh, you telling me you can see that I'm on a uh, roll with some great <laughs> with some great creative yes, on yes, this show. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you you've stopped with the I can see that angles and you're you're spitting fire at me and we've come up with some great stuff over the years. So, but that is going to do it for this week. Uh, so join us next week as for part one of the Royal Rumble winners bracket. Uh. Don't forget the Dorso! <laughs> For Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night! Mwah! Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.